What are your expectations for tonight? I know this is probably not the warm season's greetings type question that you were expecting, but I have to ask. Some of you are Salem members, some are frequent attendees, some are past members, and some are visitors here for the first time in our congregation. And for whatever reason, you came here, I'm guessing, to hear the Christmas story. I give thanks to God for that, and thanks to God for your presence. But now I must ask, what are your expectations? If you're here because of family, well, it's great that you would support them, but I will confess that there are a few things I would sit through for 90 minutes just to make my mother happy. So perhaps you're expecting me to speed through this. Are you here because going to Christmas Eve services is what you have always done? I think that's nice, but at what point does the tradition get separated from the tale? What are your expectations for tonight? Think about that as you listen. Ann Tyler is a famous writer of literature who bases many of her novels in this Baltimore area. I got into a couple of her books this year and I enjoyed them, especially a work uh, she did several decades ago called Saint Maybe. The story is based around a Baltimore man who is carrying incredible guilt from an incident of which he bore little responsibility. This man finds some consolation in a place called the Church of the Second Chance, which encourages him to do good deeds in order to atone for his mistakes. Now you might be able to predict where the story is going just from that preview alone, but that's the thing about Ann Tyler's works. She is masterful at subverting expectation. There were no artificial twists and turns to set up a feel-good story. Rather, everything that happened was so ordinary, you became easily engrossed in how this man's life moved along. It forsook an easy tale for a rich panorama. And the best way it did that was by challenging what the reader thought would or should happen. The actual story of the birth of Jesus is inherently designed to subvert expectations. Now, when a child is born in this country, and believe me, I know from experience uh, what we went through with QN this year, us of means and resources will fet the child and the child's parents with gifts and adulation. Now, I will say as a parent, this is quite enjoyable. I love it when our parishioners or tonight, uh, Erica's two kids, uh, pick Hewan up and carry him around the room like a trophy. The stuff that people have got for Sandra and I, uh, for Hewan, has both touched our hearts and also helped to relieve our financial burden. And frankly, I think we should celebrate the birth of children and the parents who care for them. Babies are a lot of work, and even to maintain their health, costs a substantial amount of money. And also, it helps that they're cute. Right, Hewan? <laughs> but that's definitely not what happened to Jesus on the night of his birth. There was no Christmas tree. There were no presents. 
his family was forced to travel close to his delivery date because the imperial powers that be decreed that he be registered. Echoes of sentiments shared in this country today. Mary and Joseph were already a problematic couple because Mary was pregnant out of wedlock. And of course, there was no room at the inn. Now, I might be in the minority, but I don't like to knock the innkeepers too much for this. Just as it's easier for you and me to ignore the homeless person on the street, and I'm not saying this to guilt you, we've all done it, so too the innkeepers have no idea who they're turning away. Jesus came into a world similar to ours, a world designed not to assist those that are marginalized. And everyone plays their part, no matter how small. There is no celebration for the birth of a poor baby born into the shadow of an empire. And so out of this, I have to ask again, what are your expectations? Amidst the charming candlelight of this evening and the other festivities with which you will partake, do you really want to celebrate that Jesus? Do you really want to look at yourself and the systems you participate in that keep the Holy Family from the inn and say that, yeah, that's the guy I want to follow? If you're looking for a good story tonight, I don't have it for you. Along with the rest of the church, and I'm not just talking about Salem, I'm talking about the church at large, I have been complicit in candy-coating this Christmas story for far too long. Now, if you expect this story to be triumphant, the Christmas story will disappoint. And if you expect that following the man who would become Jesus will be easy, you are sadly mistaken. I like what Dr. Taylor from Fuller Theological Seminary wrote in the Washington Post this morning. These are his words. For it is surely though this disturbingly odd manner that the Son of God becomes incarnate of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit's power and that God performs the work of transforming people's lives. God announces the arrival of his beloved Son to a people for whom good news is almost immediately turned to bad news, or unpredictable news, or simply signals a return to the difficult and tedious condition of their lives. Things do not turn out as people thought they would. God offers hope instead of good cheer in the face of personal disappointment and systemic evil. God grants joy rather than happiness because joy can account for suffering while happiness cannot. God draws his people into a kind of love that bears all things, including death and the loss of privileges, so that the faithful might become agents of the kind of shalom that Jesus exhibits in his birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Is there then not a better way forward for churches? Is it not possible for Christians to bear witness to the terrifying yet life-giving news of Christ's birth? Now taking my inspiration from Taylor this evening, perhaps then what we need to do is change our expectations for who God is and who Christ is. 
Maybe now we do not need to expect God to be the benevolent grandfather in the sky who gives us gifts at the expense of others. Perhaps now we do not need to expect Jesus to tell us what we want to hear, that it's all going to be okay, and that God loves us anyway. If we can tweak our expectations, we can instead see what is expected of us as God's beloved children. To love one another, to forgive sins, to stand in solidarity with the marginalized, and to know that no matter what happens to us, that death does not have the last word. Maybe then we can expect joy instead of happiness and comfort instead of triumph. For it is God who changes the expectations of this world. God who does not judge us by earthly standards of success, instead who sends God's only Son into the world on this night, this balmy, unlikely warm night, that those who believe in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send God's own Son into the world in order to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. I don't know what you came here expecting tonight. And if you come back, I don't know what your expectations will be. But I know this. God's love comes to us in ways we do not always expect or understand. And it comes to us despite our own misdeeds. It comes to us not in triumph or glory, but in a little baby born to an impoverished family in a land far different from our own. It sounds unlikely to say, it's not what I would expect to say, but for that, I say, thanks be to God. Amen.